I thought when she did the children's sermon that when she said, uh, Behold, the old things have passed away, the new has come. I thought she was going to talk about me and Mark. You know, the old has passed away, the new has come. But, hey, I'm so, I'm so happy for you. I am. Uh, Emily asked me riding to church this morning. She said, well, are you sad? And I said, well, uh, not a little because we're going to miss you folks. And uh, we might have to drop in every once in a while to see, to visit and to see how things are going and uh, uh, just uh, say we love you. And I got to tell you this, um, I was telling my children something that uh, when I got out of high school, I went to York Technical College and uh, about my second year in, I had to take a psychology course and the teacher was going over the syllabus and everything and she said, uh, and during the middle of the semester, the quarter, we're going to... I'm going to give you an opportunity to do an oral book report. And I said, no, you're not. I said, I'm not. I, I, it, it was okay in high school getting up in front of the class and reciting a poem or doing something like that. or saying I, I knew everybody, but I'm in a room of complete bunch of strangers. There's no way in the world that I'm going to get up and talk in front of a bunch of people. And I just didn't drop the course. I dropped out of school. And... Uh, me and my cousin and another guy that I commuted with to York Tech, we would just get up in the morning and we would just go ride around and my mom and dad thought I was going to school. And I didn't. And I had to ex explain that to them. But I tell you that to tell you this, that um, I was once afraid to get up and talk in front of a bunch of people. And when God, it's like the choir sang. How, how can I keep from singing? I've got something to say now. And uh, I'm going to go away, and you might see me every once in a while. You might see me driving around Clover, taking people to doctor's appointments. But y'all are so gracious. And I don't want you to think, oh, yeah, that was that white-haired guy that was funny. I want you to remember Christ. I want, I want you to, if I could ask for anything that you ever remember about me is that you saw the joy of the Lord in my life, that you've, seen, you've heard a little bit about what He's done uh, in our family, in our life. We were in a hard place coming out of uh, the church plant closing. My father passed away in February. The church plant closed in March. And I didn't know what we were going to do. We didn't know where we are going to church. We still don't know where we're going to go to church. Because soon after the church plant closed, you folks called, and so we've kind of been here ever since. But I, I tell you that to tell you this. Pray for us to, uh, to find a, a church that we can serve in. That's what our heart's desire is. Uh, I'm 55. I only got maybe, I don't know, if I live to be 75, I got 20 years left. And I just want to leave it on the field for Christ, and I hope that you do too. Okay, now the butterflies are gone. Open your Bibles to Numbers chapter 6, verses 22 to 27, and we're going to look at the benediction. This is uh, um, I also want you to remember one question that I tried to ask you through our uh, journey through the book of Jonah, and that question is... Does your faith do what? Do anybody else any good? Because 
When I got into the ARP, uh, I heard a phrase that I had never heard put quite like this, and it was, uh, we are blessed to be a blessing. We're going to look at the blessing that God gives us and uh, what that means in our lives this morning. And uh, it's the way that we close every service. Numbers chapter 6, verses 22 to 27, the Lord spoke to Moses saying, Speak to Aaron and his son, saying, Thus you shall bless the people of Israel. You shall say to them, The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. So shall they put my name upon the people of Israel, and I will bless them. That's a good passage. Let's bow together and pray as we begin. Father, I thank you for Clover ARP Church, and I thank you for the, the rich heritage that they have, the, the legacy that they have for the people that have been born in this church, been baptized as, as infants in this church, that have grown up in their faith, that many are still here, a lot have moved away, but uh, this, it's not this building, it's the people that you have called to yourself, that you've chosen before the foundation of the world, and that you've brought them here to know you, to grow in you, and then to be sent out to be your hands and your feet and your heart in this world. And I pray for them in the days ahead that you would bless them. You put your name upon them. And I pray that you would show your grace and your mercy and your love through them in the days ahead. In your name we pray. Amen. At the mo at the at a lot of the big presbytery meetings that we have, uh, we close with the benediction. We uh, it, it's not just a little diddly. It, it's not just a, it's not just something else that we do in in the course of the worship service. I want you to ponder uh, the, the seriousness of that God when we leave every Sunday. It scares me sometimes that I'm supposed to say, the Lord bless you, and the Lord keep you, and the Lord make His face shine upon you and give you peace. Uh, it, 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 it's, a, it's, a, it's a great thought. In my first church, I uh, would end my sermon, and I got in a habit of physically closing my Bible, and then I would try to do my conclusion. Well, when I close my Bible, everybody else closed their Bible. And they started gathering up the kids and gathering up the, the children's church papers, and you could tell, it's time to go. And we didn't have a benediction that I remember uh, in our church, but I noticed that everybody started getting the kids together. But listen, some of you I've noticed that you stick out your hands, that you do something with your hands. And I want to encourage you to do that because it, it's, a, it's a physical, uh, spiritual way that you, that you say, okay, get ready to go home, but receive God's blessing from you, from, from God. 
The benediction, if you think about it, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make His face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up His countenance upon you and give you peace. That's the meaning of our whole lives. It's, it's the meaning of our whole lives. It's God's protection. It's His pleasure. It's His grace and it's peace. Now, I want to open it up and just to, to ponder on it a few minutes this morning because the kids are going to have to go to the bathroom about halfway through this sermon. Okay? And some of you adults may too. I had a fellow that got out of my first church and he would, about 10 minutes till every Sunday, he'd get up and he'd go out. And finally, one sermon, uh, one Sunday, I, I ended early, and he said, Preacher, I just want you to know, I'm, I, I don't have anything against your sermons and, and the length of them. But he, he said, you do preach some stem winders. Talking about his watch. If you don't have a watch with a stem, you have no clue what that means. It means you, you had to wind up your watch. He said, but I just got to tell you, I got a little tiny bladder, and I can't last that long. And so I said, okay. What's the blessing? What let's hear the blessing of what God has for us. What is it? It's in this passage, and if we look around at the context of which it comes in, uh, it's from Aaron, it's not Moses, but from, from Paul, from John, or Isaiah. There's, it's the way that they opened every tabernacle service. At the end of, at the end of every tabernacle service, the, the great high priest would come and he would bless the people. They'd go through all those sacrifices and they would bless the people. What, it, what does it mean to bless? Well, at creation, you remember Genesis 1, God created everything in six days and then what did He do? He blessed it. He, he looked at it and He said, God, on the, I made this on this day and I made this in heaven, in, uh, morning and evening on, was the first day, second day, third day, and it was good. He blessed it. Now you think, whoa, would you look at it, how that turned out? It's not that God was surprised. It's not that God made it and said, whoa, would you look at what I did? It's God made, God made it and it is good because He's good. It didn't surprise God. He knew it was, it was all good because He made it, then He blessed it. It means He found delight in it. It brought joy to his heart to see what he created. And the, the Latin word means uh, bene, benediction. Bene means good, and diction means words. It's, it's good words. God gives us good words every Sunday that we leave this place together. He enjoyed it. He blessed it. To bless means he delights in his people. The way the fathers... Uh, in the Old Testament, would bless their children at the time of their death. You remember the story of, in Genesis about Jacob. He brought his 12 sons to his bedside at his death, and he blessed them. He, said, would, he told one of them, would you be like a gazelle? And he told one of them, would you live long and prosper? He didn't say that. That's from Star Trek. But he, he, he blessed them. And he, and he told them, and he gave them those good words, may you, may you live long with God's blessing. But it wasn't just an empty ritual. It was a very practical... Usually he divided up all of his property in, in order to, to achieve what he just said. The father was going to die. 
He had 12 sons. He said, now the Lord bless you. And he divided up part of his inheritance and he gave it out to them. And in his blessing, he blessed them. He, he, he gave good gifts to them. This is what it means when God says, may I bless you. Think about that this morning. That when God says, I, I, I bless you, it means I delight in you. My face smiles upon you. May my face shine upon you. And truly, may you prosper and may your life be full. May you live long and prosper. He commits himself with all of his power to be present with you all of your days. And, what, and he's also saying, I'm willing to pay the price to do whatever it takes for your good. God just doesn't wish us well and say, I hope, I, hope, I hope the rest of your life goes well. No. It will go well because even in difficult times, God, He blesses us, His face shines upon us, and He keeps us and He gives us His peace. Now, He, does, he just doesn't wish us well. He achieves it. Now, I bet a lot of you out there are thinking, but what about those difficult things? Because a lot of, a lot of well-meaning Christians take the Lord bless, what I just said, the Lord bless you and keep you, the Lord, the Lord make your path smooth and no, no problems. Some of you are thinking, yeah, but what about that? Well, listen, one of my relatives put some one of those uh, goofy stories about God on Facebook. And... Uh, I want to share it, to, and I thought about it, and I thought, well, that's not, that's not goofy. That's true. Here's the story. A man who was the only survivor on a terrible shipwreck was washed ashore on a small inhabited island all alone, and so he cried out for God to rescue him. He wasn't familiar with survival tactics, so he struggled to, to just to live from day to day to day. Eventually, he was able to, to build a little hut to protect him from the, the, you know, in his, the few things that he had with him. Every day the man faithfully looked out at the horizon for a ship to rescue him. And he prayed and prayed and prayed for God to answer his prayer. One day after he went to the other side of the island to find some, to find some food and uh, something to eat, when he returned he found his little hut had burned to the ground. There was nothing left. He laid down on the ground and he said, God, how could you do this to me? And he cried and he cried and he cried himself to sleep, broken in despair. He just sobbed and sobbed and sobbed. But the next day, a couple of men from a ship woke him up. And when he woke up, they, they said, we've come to rescue you. And he said, well, how did you know I was here? And he said, well... As we were heading east, we saw your smoke signal. You see, when hard things come, when hard things come, sometimes they can be for our good as a way for God to rescue us. And just when God says, the Lord bless you and keep you, the Lord be gracious to you, it doesn't mean that there will not be difficult things, but God will use those difficult things to redeem us, to, to bless us even more. Just because difficult things happen doesn't mean that, that God doesn't, that He stopped delighting in you, that He's still working to bless you and do all those things for our good. 
The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Peace is not the absence, uh, is not the absence of war. The word shalom, the word Hebrew word, it means fullness. It means fullness. It means a well-being. It means being complete. It's an absolute fulfillment of our deepest desires. I think I read this last week. Psalm 37, verse 4. Delight yourself in the Lord and He will give you the desires of your heart. Well, what does it mean? It means that God's face shines, His face shines upon us. He blesses us. He's gracious to us. And he gives us peace. Well, number two this morning. How does it come to us? How, do, how does God's, how do his blessings come to us? It's not magical. When I stand up here and say, the Lord bless you, the Lord keep you, the Lord make his face shine upon you. It's not some kind of hocus pocus magic stuff. Verse 25, notice what he says. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Hebrew literally says, may God smile upon you. The Bible teaches us that, that God's omnipresence, now if you thought carbonation was a big word, God's omnipresence, it means that, that God's everywhere. He, he knows all things. He, he, he's omniscient. He knows everything. He's omnipotent. He can do all things. Nothing can stop Him from doing what He wants to do. But this tells us that He's present everywhere. May God make His face shine upon us. It means His relational presence. It means His relational presence. Have you ever been in a room? Now, next Sunday, you're going to do this. You're going to go in a room with a bunch of people. I haven't counted them this morning, but I hope all of you be here. I hope there'll be more here to, to greet Mark and his family. And I don't know who in the world Miss Pearl is, but... Is that his dog? His what? Grandmother. Oh, it's his grand... Oh, golly. Please don't tell Miss Pearl. <laughs> I should have asked before I did. Our secret. Okay. Come and... Me You're going to be in... A we better get on with the story. I'm going to get in trouble. You have you been in a room full of people? It's a church dinner. It's a business dinner. And there's about 200 people eating together. And there's a sense where you're present with 200 people in a room. Right? But you see somebody that you know. You see, so if I went over to RTS this week, I, there'd be like 200 people there. And I wouldn't know a lot of But if I see Jonathan, I go, oh, I know you. I know you. I'm going to go over and be, and be there and, and talk to him. And you see, at that moment, my face is towards him and him alone. There's 200 people in the room, but my face is locked into his. When the Bible says that his face shines upon us, know that there's a gazillion Christians in the world. And God's able to see all of them and, and see you. His face is towards you. It's a relational thing. Now, imagine what Moses must have thought when God said, Make, His face is going to shine upon you. And Moses would have thought, Yeah, right, because you told us, you told Moses, God told Moses in Mount Sinai, Moses told God, Let me see you. 
Let me see your face. And God says, I, you, you can't do it. How can your face shine upon us? How can we have a personal relationship with God? And God can't dwell in the midst of sin. It's a, it's a dilemma there. We're incompatible. It's like fire and water. They, they don't mix. One will drench the other one out or water will evaporate. How is it possible for me, a broken sinner that dropped out of college and lied to my mom and dad every morning for a solid year of school and took white out and painted over my F's and put A's and just to make it look kind of real, I put a C in there. And I've done much worse. I'm not going to tell you what else I've done last week. But how is it possible for God's face to shine upon me? I'm sin. Last week in my Bible reading, I was reading through this and I came across numbers. And you know where the blessing comes in? The blessing comes in after all of those sacrifices. Hebrews 10, the sacrifices are shadows of better things to come. Jesus Christ offered Himself for all time a single sacrifice so that we come to Clover ARP Church and we, we go through the call to worship and we sing some songs, we take up an offering, we say the Apostles' Creed, we sing another, the choir sings, we hear a sermon, and at the end I say, the Lord bless you. You know what happened in the Old Covenant? You brought lambs and you brought sheep and you brought animals to, to, to the congregation and they had to slaughter them. And then at the end, the Lord bless you and keep you, the Lord make His face shine upon you. How does the blessing come to us? It's because of what Jesus Christ did. Please, please don't ever let that grow old. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 6. For God who said, Let light shine out of darkness has shown in our hearts to give us the light of the gospel in the face of Christ. When you go out tomorrow morning, now I, don't, I haven't seen the weather report. Did anybody see, did it rain hard here Monday? I was out driving, I had uh, uh, an African American woman in the front seat, I had an African American man in the back seat in a wheelchair, and folks, it was raining so hard in Rock Hill, I could not see. I just kind of, Piddled down Cherry Road, but then I dropped them off. It stopped. I got them out. I had to come back over to Fort Mill. When we were coming down I-77, the, the rain was over this way. The sun was coming through this way. And the, the, most, the brightest rainbow you have ever seen in your entire life. Did anybody else see it? Or was it just me? The yeah, you saw it. The brightest rainbow in the world. And the sun was just, it was only this much of sky. Now, I'm not a meteorologist, but I do know this, that when, when God does something like this, we ought to just stand in awe and say, God makes that ball of whatever it is shine and make it rain and it makes... God makes the light shine in your life so that you can know Christ. It's the same, that's what He's saying. God 
in his, in his blessing can shine his face upon us and it's cha- it changes no matter how broken we are. I bet some of you could tell me about some things you did in high school, in college, or now. And the thing is, because of what Jesus Christ did, that sacrifice still stands. Number three, how does it change us? All of God's word or words are given to transform us, to make us to be more like Jesus. Change is not just an inner feeling. It, it, it's not just to make us feel better. I want you, we, don't, we don't say verse 27 when we pronounce the benediction, but I want you to look at verse 27. So shall they put my name upon the people of Israel, and I will bless them. What does that mean? God puts His name on you. It's not that just God smiles upon you. God puts His name upon you. There's a little orphan all alone in the world. They have no family, no care, nobody to care for them. But but another family adopts Him. You know what He gets? Let's pretend for a minute. Let's pretend I was adopted. I'm David. I was a little orphan boy. And Lanny and Linda, let's say they adopted me and their family. I get the last name Stover. Now it's not quite as good as if Russell Stover had adopted me, but let's just pretend. I get I get the last I get the name of Stover. And they take care of me. And they love me. Everything that they have belongs to me. My identity, I'm not an orphan anymore. I'm cared for. I have support. I have a mother and a father that love me. I have security. I have intimacy. I'm defended. I'm cared for. And you know what that does? That changes who I am. And when you come to Christ, you get a father. He loves you. He cares for you. He defends you. He protects you. He is emotionally attached to you. And that changes you. You don't get a boss. Some of you in this room this morning think God is a boss. And he's not a boss. If he were a boss, you'd mess up and you'd get fired. But God is a father. When you get messed up, you get loved more. It doesn't make any sense. And it's not supposed to. It's called grace. He commits himself to change you. Why? You belong to Him. He puts His name on you. You ever seen Where's Waldo? It's this cartoon book thing. Yeah, you've seen... If you don't know what it is, go home and Google or ask your neighbor or somebody, show me Where's Waldo. It's this book or this thing and it's like different cartoons and there's a thousand people in it And there's one little fella with glasses on 
in a red, is that right? A red and white striped suit. And he's stuck in there somewhere. And your task is to find Waldo. Listen to me. You're not Waldo. Out of the gazillions of people in the world, I don't care how broken you are. And I want to say something to you teenagers, students. Because when I was growing up in a church, I felt like Waldo. And listen, we're not Waldo. God, you don't get lost in a sea of people and nobody knows your name and nobody cares. If, if you don't hear me ever remember me say anything else, remember this. God knows your name because He put His name on you. That makes me want to cry. That's how you change. You ponder the thought that the God of this universe puts His name on you. You belong to Him. That changes us very quickly. What do we do with it? What do we do with it? Number one, be a blessing. Be a blessing. Bless somebody. Um, Find something great about somebody and tell them. Some of you were like me. Your dad, didn't, your dad didn't know and your dad might not know how to tell you that you're good at something. Some of your children, they need to hear your blessing. And I want to speak to you fathers. You fathers, you have a powerful place in this earth. If you have children, they need your blessing. They need to hear you say, I love you. I will do anything for you. You you are so smart. You matter to me. I want to spend time. You need to bless your children. You need to smile upon them. Most of us don't want to be bothered with other people. That's not the heart of Christ. Find three things in other people. This can happen in this church. And it needs to happen in this church. You're a good church. You're getting a good pastor. But you can, you, can, you can do this better. Find fruit in somebody's life. Find somebody making progress in an area and praise them. You know what it does to you when somebody notices something that you do? It fills you up and you just want to go do it again. What would this church be like if you, if you blessed one another in that way? Find fruit in somebody. Find gifts in somebody. Some, can the people in the nursery hear me? You need to go tell them, thank you for keeping my kids. That is the thank, most thankless job in the entire world. Find gifts, uh, uh, somebody doing what God made them to do. My daughter has a blog. She writes. My son-in-law works at Starbucks. You ought to see him do thing, coffee, 
these mocha chaka laka paka things I can't even pronounce. And he's good at it. And we sneak in sometimes just to watch him do it. And he's good at tons of other things. He loves my daughter. And I love him for it. And he's good at it. I want to tell him. My son, you've seen him here before. He's like a stinking giant. He's good at basketball. I want him to go to the NBA so he can buy me a new house. <laughs> he's good at it. My, my son Jonathan, he's, he's, got all, he's, he's just got brains coming out of his ears. He's smart. He's got a sense of humor. He's got a girlfriend now that's just, they're just so good. Uh, people in this church, in this church. Have y'all heard about my car battery? My car, I got this Honda hybrid. It's got a, you know, it's got a $100 battery in the front. And I can fix that one. There's this honking uh, $2,000 battery in the back. It's almost $3,000 to fix it. I thought, I can't, it's, it's the light's blinking. You better change me. Thank you, folks. Y'all pitched in to help me have a battery so I could do my job, so I could provide for my family. Thank you for that. And you need to tell other people what they do. Deacons, tell people thank you for giving to this church. Sunday school teachers, you need to tell people, tell your Sunday school teachers, they stay up probably late on Saturday night doing things. Oh, got to move on. Find fruit in somebody. Find gifts in somebody. Find some, somebody that's making sacrifices. Somebody in this church is working hard. Praise them for it. Catch them doing it and praise them for it. C.S. Lewis said, A person who habitually praises, encourage, compliments, and affirms is a person of inner health. A person that continues, constantly finds fault, and, critica- and criticizes is sick. Read again. A person who habitually praises and encourages and compliments and affirms is a person of inner health. A person that complains all the time and finds fault and criticizes is sick. Are you healthy? Are you sick? Don't go looking for another church to see what they can give you. Find find a church where you can serve, where you can lay down your life. Number two, how, how does this work out? Be aware of God's blessing. May the Lord bless us. It's not a prayer begging for blessing. This is God's desire to do you good. Do you ever stop and notice? Do you ever just stop and notice all that God does for you? Stop and notice it. Write God's blessings down. I've got a white notebook. I've got a box in my office. It's a banker's box. And I've got every card. I've got every note. I've got every, I've got a pair of gloves, work gloves, that some little kids in Columbia, South Carolina wrote their names on and said, thank you, Pastor David. And I'm going to keep, the, if, when, I, when I get in a horrible mood and I think nobody loves me, everybody hates me, think I'll go eat worms, I go get my box and I start to look through it. And I start to think, God helped me. And at some time along the way, people Notice, be aware of God's blessings. Number three, respond with thanks for the good, the bad, and the ugly. It's all part of God's plan, and it's His strange and peculiar blessing. 
Number four, seek more of God's blessings. God's not stingy. He's not stingy. God has said to me over and over and over these past four years, I don't care how you feel right now, my face is shining upon you. If the... If their whole world were raining tears, I would delight in you. Seek more of God's blessings. Finally, be gracious to people. Be gracious to people. I meet Christians a lot of times, and it's like they want to use this thing as a hammer to bonk you in your head. And God didn't design it that way. Be gracious. Be passionate. Be passionate in your faith. But don't go. Don't beat people up. I thought this morning that when she started having these little cups and these little cups, me and Jonathan looked at each other and I thought, oh dear Lord, she's going to do the Lord's Supper. And in some places, if you do the wrong thing, not according to the book, you will get sandblasted. Listen, I'm not saying don't ever say anything, but listen, if somebody new comes and they don't do the right thing, don't sandblast them. God's been gracious to you. Be gracious to them. Be gracious to other people. The benediction. It's the story of our lives. We had God's face in the Garden of Eden. But we rebelled and fell into sin. God turned His back on our sin. But God the Father sent Jesus Christ and He turned His face away from Jesus so that He could turn His face Towards you. That's what the Lord's Supper means. And because of what Jesus did, His body was broken and His blood was shed so that no matter what you did or what you've done or how bad you feel or whatever it is, that you can look into the face of God with confidence because He says to you, the Lord bless you. The Lord keep you. The Lord make His face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up His countenance upon you and give you peace. Let's bow together and pray. Father, I thank You for Your Word that um, a small verse can be so powerful in our lives. Continue to bless us. Thank you that you keep us. You make your face shine upon us. I pray that you would make this church a place that shines, that they reflect the glory of God that's found in the face of Christ. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.